Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning to all of my listeners out there. Good morning. Good morning on this wonderful and beautiful day that God has given to us as we are celebrating Thanksgiving. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com Internet Radio. And I know that all of you out there are along, you know, with me as we are giving thanks for all that we have, the loves in our lives, the material items we have gathered the people that we are lovingly helping out this holiday season, but throughout our lives and the hope that we have for ourselves and one another, that we will awake to the knowing that we are more alike than different. Therefore, listeners, erasing racism from our society forever. For I know that the only superpower in this world and universe is the one who commands the world to spend on this axis not how countries, um, you know, who are small minded using their anger to create bombs that destroy innocent lives and the beauty of this earth existence created by the superpower and the love of God. We could do better, everyone out there. This is just my message right on uh, as I'm beginning my program. And that is my hope. That is my prayer for this world. OK, what a wonderful day it is, especially that you have turned tuned into my program to listen to my topic of discussion, which is, yes, we can rise. For that, I am so grateful to have you listening to me today. My guest is Brian W. Keyes, technology expert, and he and I are going to discuss, yes, we can rise, in wake of all of the backlash, let's say, since the presidential campaign. Now, you know, listeners, the discussion, um, this discussion came to me as I was watching all of the continued discontent that is still resonating from the last presidential election that took place, look, over two weeks ago that is going on in our country. Actually, the results of this presidential election resonated around the world. But some of you may be saying, why the world? Well, my response is, believe it or not, listeners, we are all in this together. However, the resignation is a definite result from the individual who won the election. So I'm going to be talking about this along with other relating topics as well. Okay. Let's see. I want, um, I want to know how you guys are doing out there. Oh, wow. You're loud and clear. I know that you all are doing great because that is my prayer for each and every one of you. And I know that should you come um, up on any type of circumstance that is not good for you, listening to me regarding um, my professional mediation, I'm sure that you've learned some tools uh, that you could take and so that you could diffuse your disagreements. Now, I'm doing just great, and I pray that, you know, once again, that you all are doing just great and readying yourselves for some great Thanksgiving celebration. Listen, if you're like my sister in Illinois, a lot of you, um, you know, have done your, you know, a good portion of your cooking, let's say, because I know she has, you know, and um, she I, I talked with her or um, her earlier this morning and um, definitely she was getting started. For me, I start early on Thanksgiving morning. OK, and that's just how I do. Now, what about the weather here in Arizona? Well, 
It has definitely cooled down for us in this beautiful state. We even got some much needed rain here this week. And um Thanksgiving, you know, it's going to be, you know, partly cloudy, high about 75, 77, you know. So after all of the eating and great conversations and watching football, you know, are you guys readying yourselves for Black Friday? Listen, each and every year, okay, I look at the footage of the shoppers as they are knocking down the doors and, and look and knocking down each other for the sales that are going on. You know, look, I don't I don't I don't do any of that. For me, it's on call for, you know, just just cool out. You know, you guys look, you know, and you can still get the good bargains because, re- you know, the retailers didn't call that day Black Friday, you know, just for grins and giggles. They They called it that day. Um, because, you know, well, let me ask you, do any of you know why the retailers call it Black Friday, how it got its name? Well, according to Wonder, Wonderopolis website, Black Friday has become a marketing sensation in recent years. It says that since 2005, it has been the busiest shopping day of the year and, and, and they do their marketing things to, um, lure shoppers, retailers, and routinely, um, you know, open their doors very early in the morning. And in some cases, Thanksgiving evening and other special sales and promotions, you know, you know, so that the, the, so the shoppers can arrive early, you know, and, and get in there and, you know, and, and, and do their thing, you know. So, you know, it goes on to say that the recent popularity of Black Friday has spawned a couple of new shopping holidays, Cyber Monday, and hashtag giving Tuesday for those of you who are too busy to shop on Black Friday or who just don't want to fight the crowds. The Monday following Black Friday has become a cyber Monday for the many online deals that shoppers can take advantage of from the comfort of their homes. Now, um, you know, it is a wonderful way to celebrate the holidays. And, you know, I just want to know, do any of you guys actually participate you know, in the Black Fridays and, you know, and the Cyber Mondays and stuff. Well, I just want you to know that preferably for me, I like to go into the store to do my shopping, um, you know, and uh, this gives me the opportunity to see other items, go to other stores, touch them, feel them, view them, for, you know, for better quality. Or maybe I'll change my mind on something, you know, who knows, you know, but to each his own. I'm just saying, OK. So now, all right, it is shout out time. Okay. I'm going to give a shout out to Paris Daniel. He's my uh, oldest son. And he received his Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice and Business Management from the University of Phoenix uh, this weekend. So we, uh, the family gathered together. We went out and had dinner, celebrated. And uh, it was, it was really good. Very proud of him. So I just want to say congratulations to my son. And I also want to say, Congratulations to all of the recipients of the president's uh, presidential medal of freedom. Um, you know, this happened uh, on the 22nd and I'm sure that you guys have heard about this. And if you haven't, you're hearing about it now. Um, our president Barack Obama, he awarded 21 individuals of this award on November 22nd. And some of the recipients on the list was Michael Jordan, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, let's see, Diana Ross, Lauren Michaels. Cicely, wonderful Tyson, Tom Hanks, Robert Redford, Bill Gates, um, Robert De Niro. Um, it, it was it was a very fabulous um, occasion. It was it was great. 
And um, I don't know if it's going to be later televised or anything like that. But uh, Juliet um, um, Eilperin of the Washington Post, she's the one who wrote about this, you know, about this event. And um, the reason that the president uh, did this is, as he said, because the honorees reflected many of the ideals that, you know, he has tooted while in office. And the recipients included people involved in advocacy on climate change, as well as on behalf of the lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender community, Native Americans and Muslim. So throughout throughout his uh, tenure, she says Obama has used the honor to recognize pioneers in many fields, particularly when they have broken racial or gender barriers. For example, Rear Admiral Grace Hopper, who invented the first compiler for computer programming language and was known as the first lady of software. She received a posthumous award. Also recognized was Margaret H. Hamilton, who led the team that created the onboard flight software for NASA's Apollo command modules and lunar modules. I think that is great. Now, one of the things that the president stated during the event is that I think everybody who has had an opportunity to look through the list of recipients today would acknowledge that these are extraordinary, extraordinary people people who have made extraordinary contributions, not just to the United States, but to people of different nationalities all around the world. How fabulous is that? I think that is, I think that is great. And you know, listeners, look, as we are embarking on Thanksgiving, I want to give you all some food for thought. Now I have already said before that this is a great country. Are there things that still need to be fixed? Of course. However, we can do it. We are the greatest country on earth, in my opinion. God has been very loving and protective of this country, considering all of the sins that were abound in this country from its inception. As a nation, we have accomplished a lot of things, you know, like health care reform, voting rights, desegregation, Roe v. Wade, LGBT rights, and numerous other feats, and as a nation, listeners, we can continue to do great things together. We need to be better to ourselves. We need to see beyond what has blinded a lot of us for decades, things that, you know, that detour us from growing positively. You know, I love this country. I love the people in this country, and it is indicative of the work that I do as a professional mediator and a hearing officer in the court. I train high school students for peer mediators, writing a program for grammar school students to become peer mediators. As I enjoy talking, you guys, and listening to people and assisting them out of their issues, so much so that people who I never meet, I never know who they are, I've never met them before in my life, voluntarily come up to me in the grocery store or some other store that I'm in or, and or the parking lots or whatever, for example, and strike up a wonderful, meaningful conversation. Now, we as human beings, we're supposed to help one another. That is one of the, the things, the main things that we're supposed to do, not to look at anyone thinking that, you know, you are better than they, you know. So I want to leave this for you. Do you know that God has put enough love in us? To love ourselves because that is where it starts. And the love that he has put in us is enough 
that we can love every person on this planet and still have leftover love. How amazing is that? I think I just I just think that is so amazing. And I want you guys to have a a fabulous uh, Thanksgiving. I want you to have great conversations, um, you know, no, um, um, you know, hard discussions about, you know, the political environment, you know, um, because um, I was listening to Joyce Meyer this morning. And, um, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, we are all family first and foremost, and we're going to have our own opinions and things like that. But, you know, the thing is, is that you'll find that we are more alike than not. Okay, now I'm going to take a break and then I'm going to bring on my guest, Brian W. Keys, technology expert, and we're going to dive into our topic of Yes, We Can Rise. Stay tuned. Back to Here's Teresa on TalkZone.com with Teresa E. Keys. Thank you for returning with me. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa. And the topic of our show today is Yes, We Can Rise. And my guest this morning is Brian W. Keyes, technology expert. He's been in this business for over 30 years. He um, actually considers himself a guru because he has done so much um, across the platform and the scope in the technology arena. And... Um, he is a returning guest on my show as he has good opinions about worldly issues, such as the topic that we are going to be discussing today. Thanks for being on my show with me today, Brian. And how are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So um, you're all you're all ready. And now uh, because this is Wednesday, so uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Did that come fast for you? I know it did for me. Very fast. Yeah, too too fast, I think, you know, could slow down a little bit, but what can I say? All right. So now let's get started with our with our um with our topic. Now the nation seems to be in a slump, Brian. A lot of unhappiness is abound right now, you know, with our populace. Um this has especially been the manner ever since the outcome of the presidential election list this year do you agree that the slump and the unhappiness that is abound in our nation right now is uh, in uh is is directly related to the outcome of the election yeah absolutely um although you know i have to say it depends on your viewpoint right because there are some people that are happy now <laughs> that were Unhappy before the election, so it's kind of shifted around a little bit. <laughs> Depends which yeah, side but, you were on, I guess. Yeah, but the, the the thing is, is that you know I'm looking at the um, the continuum of individuals that are protesting um, in the streets and um, you know uh, saying that they are not going to acknowledge the president elect as his president. So that's what that's you know one of the reasons that I was asking. Um, yeah, you know, uh, that question, you know, and, um, that they would have rather, um, you know, um, Hillary Clinton, um, to have been, uh, the, the president elect. Um, now having, having said that, um, a lot of the responsibility 
uh, Brian, still falls on the populace here in our in our country, because um, throughout my radio program, I have been uh, telling people, you know, about voting, you know, particularly, you know, I'm um, airing out of Arizona and um, I I can't say what the um, statue of uh, limitation is for individuals to go get voted in other states. But nevertheless, I did always talk about the importance of voting and to get out and vote. Um, Having said that, Brian, um, that it has been reported that 46 percent of individuals who, um, you know, did not get out and vote. So what do you think was, you know, a couple of drivers of that? Well, first off, that's a shame. I mean, it's one of the things I'm originally Canadian and I as soon as I got my citizenship, I wanted to vote. Like I was I was in there, right? I was like excited to do it. And people who are born here, <clears throat> a lot of them ignore it. Don't you know they think it's or they just don't want to learn about it, about politics and they think they don't know enough to vote or they just don't care. They don't get out and do it. Um specifically for this election, which was much different than let's say, the past two presidential elections, um, I think that Democrats and independents were not enthusiastic, right? And I think that there are a number of factors which helped them think that they they weren't needed, their their vote vote won't count. The first one is the Electoral College. Right, because the popular vote is not actually used to elect the president. Um, the the states that are considered red states or Republican states tend to have a, a much um, more of an influence uh, of an influence on the election than the blue states, um, which are typically even more populous more coastal, right? So you, you get a huge swath of southern and Midwest states that basically produce an undue influence on the election. So people think that, you know, if they don't live in that state, in those in, in, in a battleground state, for example, there's no use voting. Um, the other thing is the media. Um, the media... And their polling really, I think, convinced a lot of people that Hillary had it was a shoe-in. That, you know, um, prior to the latest email scandal, the last one that <laughs> the FBI caused, um, they were predicting her at double digits. And if you look mm-hmm. at, at, at organizations like Daily Cause, um, they, every email they sent out, they had this graph the top that showed that Hillary was anywhere from, <coughs> excuse me, and depending on what day it was, anywhere from 85 to 95% um, probability that she was going to get the electoral college vote. And mm-hmm. that was all based on polls. And mm-hmm. I think as a result, a lot of the analysts have come out of this with this concept that the polling, I'm kind of changing the subject a little bit, but that the, the polling doesn't really work, but it influences people. And 
that's one of the big things that I, I have a real, I'm real black and white on this subject. I think that the media should not be allowed to poll. We shouldn't be allowed to speculate. We shouldn't be allowed to, to report returns until everyone in the country has voted. And if that means that you have to wait weeks for all of the absentee and early ballots to be collected and counted, then so be it. Because for a presidential election, well, especially, know, we got plenty of time. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. Um, because their inauguration is until um, a couple of months, uh, you know, a little bit over a couple of months away after um, the the, pre- the um, election is over. Um, but, you know, um, you know, I just want to say that um, and, and piggybacking on what on something that you were saying that I think that it was, uh, you know, a lot of people cannot handle a whole lot of information. And, and also a lot of people are not that savvy about <clears throat> the election process. And unfortunately, a lot of people have forgotten about all of the trials and tribulations that individuals before us went through so that we can vote. And I, right. when, whenever I talk to a woman in particular, and particular if that's a woman of color, and they tell me, uh, they, they express to me, um, you know, their, their lack of, you know, enthusiasm to get out and vote. And I tell them about the woman's suffrage and I also tell them about the, the right to vote. So you have double duty to get yourself out there. A lot of women died, you know, um, uh, way back in the gay nineties and stuff as they were, you know, vying to vote because men didn't look at women as, as equals. Men still don't look at women as equals. I just want to throw that in, <clears throat> but excuse me, but also, also, um, um, you know, uh, you know, when, uh, with the, with the, you know, civil rights, you know, a right to vote and things like that, people have become way too comfortable and way too lackadaisy and other things instead of, you know, keeping an, an eye on what I feel that they really need to, to keep an eye on. The other thing that I want to say, uh, to Brian and also my listeners is that I feel that they started this, 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 uh, election process way too early. Uh, that was one of the other things that made it, um, I feel different because when, um, uh, uh, President Barack Obama, um, and even in, um, you know, Bush and all of, you know, in the, in president's elections before, um, they started early, but not as early as this one. You know, yeah, not as, not as early as, as this election. I mean, the, and so I, having said that, I think that a lot of people were worn out from being bombarded with all of the news hype and, 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 and all of the talking heads giving their opinion, um, of, of, uh, their own, uh, analyzing of, of, um, maybe some factual and non-factual data. Um, I think a lot of that uh, turned people off, unfortunately. Uh, but the thing is, you can always turn them off, but still, you know, go out and vote, you know. And, um, you know, so I think that, you know, if, if we want to know why we're in a, in, why we are experiencing a certain thing or why we're feeling a certain way, we need to look at the things that happened before that got us here. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, yep. So yeah, so you you had a, you have a candidate who um, uh, you have two candidates, one who was worldly, one who's not worldly, 
But the one who's not worldly was, you know, as I had said on my program before, and I say it again, he gave way to people who kept racism in their back pockets to take the racism out because of how he said it, how he put it to the public that, you know, guess guess what? We're going to go back in the day and and we're going to start doing, you know, all of these crazy, heinous things, you know, now only to see that he is backpedaling on what he's saying because it's not going to be put up with. No one is going to put up with that, you know, and for them to even think that that was going to happen. So now you have all of this discontent. You have people who um, know what he represents as he has uh, the people that, that he's putting in office, you know, the Brett, the Brett Bart guy and, and, you know, all of this type of stuff, a lot of people representing things that are not indicative of what they feel that this country uh, should be represented by and all of the struggles that we have already gone through to achieve, you know, such as Roe v. Wade and and uh, things that could affect our voting and 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 what and 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 everything else, healthcare and and things of that matter. And he's talking about, you know, diffusing those you know those things. So I think that it it is a it's a number of things, including those that you spoke about that that has you know um, striked up the the, the contentiousness. But not also not letting the public off the hook for, you know, for not getting out and doing their their job of, of you know, for voting. They, they should have gotten out there and, you know, and voted. OK, now yep. I, I spoke earlier, you know, um, well, in my description for my today's show, I talked about Maya Angelou. She wrote a poem back in 1978 titled Still I Rise. And as a matter of fact, the University of Phoenix uses this poem um, in one of its latest advertisements. And of course, you know, of course, you know, you guys, it's, it's used to bring people, you know, to its campuses to achieve a degree in higher learning. Actually, I think it is a very appropriate ad campaign, you know, just hearing those words spoken by Maya Angelou um through a recording is so fortifying and, you know, earth shattering to say the least, to say the least. And I bet that it has stimulated a number of people to call the University of Phoenix or maybe fortifying the listener in some other positive manner or going to some other school, you know, just just by what it is that she's saying um, in, in the poem that's being played on this advertisement. Now, as I stated in my show's description for today, Brian, I stated that I have two concerns. One of them being, can we as Americans rise above the discontentment that seemingly has taken a contentious grip on this powerful nation's populace? Do you think that we can rise out of this? Well, I have to admit I'm a little discouraged like a lot of people were when Trump was put into, you know, uh, office or, 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 you know, he's the president-elect now. Um, I, I, I have a, a problem with this populist message that he promotes because, like you said, it's based on racism, misogyny, and xenophobia. And those are very negative. And unfortunately, it's not the majority of the population that, that believes in that, but it's a significant number. It was higher than I thought, right? And, you know, I, I, I kind of like 
thought we were past a lot of this stuff. Like you said, you know, he, he gave people who had racism in their back pocket and misogyny in their back pocket and xenophobia in their back pocket, you know, a, a, a forum and a voice. And I have to admit, I'm kind of discouraged because populist movements don't work. You know, he's already backpedaling, mm-hmm. right? On promises mm-hmm. he made, right? He, he made, in every day, they're, they're making a statement about things that he said that they're not going to do, which they shouldn't do anyways, granted. I mm-hmm. mean, there was no reason to have a special prosecutor <clears throat> to go after Hillary Clinton, for example, because there's nothing there. There's I mean, nothing the there, exactly. FBI mm-hmm. and the Justice Department have confirmed that. So it's good that he's backpedaling, but see, here's the thing. He made all these promises knowing that they wouldn't be able to do them, right? <clears throat> Populist movement. Because he just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, <clears throat> so, you know, People are angry. So what are they angry about? Well, they don't know. So you get some assholes, sorry, I probably shouldn't use that word, but it happens a lot. It's been happening a lot lately. Um, that gets up there and speaks to their, what they're angry, gives them something to be angry about, you know, gives them some mm-hmm. immigration, immigrants to be angry about or something. And, you know, but populist movements don't work. Like Europe, a lot of European countries right now are stalemated because they've had populist movements over the last decade or so. And, like, Spain doesn't even have a government. And it hasn't had a government for six weeks, six months or more. Um, you know, Brexit was a populist movement, movement, and it's already been shown to be killing the British economy. Um, mm-hmm. Venezuela had a populist movement in Hugo Chavez. And they right now have 500, 500% inflation estimated and people starving to death because he gave them what the people asked for. Well, guess what? People are smart, but the mob is dumb. And I'm paraphrasing. Someone came up with that. I don't even know who said that. And people ask for things that don't make sense, that can't be done, and even go against their self-interest. Like, we've talked about this before. <laughs> During this mm-hmm. campaign, you know, they will talk about how they want to get rid of Medicare and Social Security and people in the crowd cheering who are on Medicare and Social Security. You know, it's like yeah. they're, they're going against their self-interest because they're angry about something. And so here's a guy who's giving them something to be angry about. So <clears throat> that's the disconcerting part. That's why I kind of feel... Um, well, a little under, well, you know, underwhelmed by it all. But I, I, I want, but I, I do think we can rise because there are people um, protesting. There are young people, college people, you know, and who are who are out there, and that's part of that. You know, that's you know, if you look at the, <laughs> excuse me. I had to turn your, take a drink of water. I was talking too much. If you look at the civil rights movement and the suffragette movement, you know, it was people being out there consistently protesting, mm-hmm. fighting. And I think we can do the same thing. And I, I kind of hate to be this way, but I think that the Democratic um, um, portion of the Senate can stonewall especially the things that are that are very destructive 
that might well, that might come through. Well, here, well, here's, well, here's the thing. Um, in a little bit, I'm going to uh, talk uh, some about Bernie Sanders and the interview that he had with PBS. But the thing with me is that, um, you know, I was born in this country and and you weren't. So as a little girl, um, um, I saw a lot of things that people had to go through and they did rise above this. So um, and and knowing that God created this world for, you know, for love and 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 so that people can, you know, grow and do the things that that they need to do. And my hope is because I always have hope, because if you don't have hope, then we have nothing. You have nothing if you don't have hope. So the thing is, is that <clears throat> I heard what hear what you're saying, you know, about the people are, are um, you know, um, have taken to the streets. And, and that's exactly what they need to do. I mean, because if if the Native Americans didn't do what they did, that pipeline in Dakota would be running through their property right now. They let them know that they were they were not going to, you know, going to put up with that. But um, I just want to read a little bit from Maya Angelou's poem to you and my listeners. And it says, you may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still like air, I rise out of the huts of history. Shame. I rise up from a past that's rooted in pain. I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling. I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear. I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. So the thing, the thing is, is that this campaign, yes, was all tooted on fear, you know, and hate. And, um, it, it, you know, and, and the thing is, is that the, you know, people were going on about their lives and things like that, but it was very much a one-sided, a one-sided thing because people need to know that they need to be responsible for themselves as well. Okay. So <clears throat> I want to move into an, another question right now because I only have an hour program. Now it is important for us to move into a continuum of positivity. As I said before, not moving backwards like Donald Trump is recently stating that he is going to create millions of high paying jobs in the coal industry. All right. Now, the coal industry, Brian, has and continues to lose its importance of being a meaningful source for us, you know, for the world. For example, being reported on um, <clears throat> on our reference.com, brighthubengineering.com, notes that there are pros and cons for the use of coal. Now, you and I have discussed this recently, and let's talk about a couple of the pros. They says that coal is widely used, uh, fossil fuel and power plants. Coal is readily available um, by mining in most of the developed and developing world. It was used as a major source of fuel, even in ancient human civil civilization. The operative word is was used. Coal was also used in steam engines during the start of the Industrial Revolution. Now, it also says that coal is very abundant and fairly easy to mine, making it one of the most affordable fuels that are available. Bright Hub Engineering estimates there is about 300 years of coal still available to be mined. I don't, from one of the um, um, uh, uh, 
uh, uh, things that uh, one of the programs that I was listening to on uh, PBS earlier this year, um, that it's not 300 years, but I'm just reading what this says. So, uh, you know, so it's saying that its availability should not be a problem for many years to come. Now, coal fired power plants are considered a lot safer than nuclear power plants. That's also an argument point. A coal plant does not require highly trained workers. We know that. And is not prone to sit and it is not prone to any catastrophic catastrophic events such as a nuclear meltdown. Now, I beg to differ on this before I go any further. I beg to differ with the particularly with that last sentence, because catastrophic events do happen in the coal mine. You know, for all of us who are over um, uh, 30 years of age, we know that how they had to always rescue somebody in the coal mine where the mines have collapsed. A lot of men got out. They didn't. Um, um, you know, then there's also the the um, uh, the black lung that the coal miners get from breathing this in, you know. So now I want to go on to say, Brian, that coal creates a lot of pollution from the byproducts that are released during the combustion of this product. And the coal contributes to global warming and changes in weather like acid rain. Mining for coal is also a dangerous job, as I had just said before, and it's caused a lot of injuries and fatalities from cave-ins, explosions, and black lung disease, which is what I had said. Mining for coal also displaces humans and animals. It is not a safe environment for humans to live because of the possibility of cave-ins. The ash left over from burning coal is hazardous. Coal plants emit harmful substances like sulfur dioxide, mercury, carbon monoxide, selenium, arsenic, and coal is is also, it is a non-renewable source. Now, having said all of that, Brian and my listeners, it was reported yesterday morning on CBS that in about 10 years, our our Canadian cousins are no longer going to be using coal. They're going to stop using this source. And I applaud them because this is a very scary situation. And this earth is in big trouble with global warming, as Donald Trump, you know, was saying that during his campaign, that it is a hoax. And I say, you know, that that's just plain ignorance and pandering to the crowd who voted you know, uh, you know, for him and, 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 and things like that and want to stick to yesteryear, you know, instead of doing other things. So now, <clears throat> Brian, having, having said all of that, what do you think about, uh, what I just said? And also I want to throw in one more thing, Brian. It was reported on this morning, piggybacking on how he's now backpedaling that now he's rethinking this global warming thing. So I'll let you go on from there. Yeah, so for to your last point, again, this is the backpedaling that he's doing because, you know, he, he didn't really believe that global warming was a hoax, but, you know, there are people out there that do, so he wanted their vote. So anyways, um, yeah, coal, the, a couple of points about coal. It, it used to be the cheapest form of fossil fuels because, the, the people that mined it didn't actually pay for the total cost of mining and using coal, right? 
So, mm-hmm. um, yes, people died. People had black lungs. They had laws. They lobbied Congress and got laws that made them exempt from liability. They got OSHA, by, they bypassed OSHA requirements that allowed them to have dangerous environments for both the production and the use of coal. Um, and, and now that the industry has finally been forced to catch up with the real world, <clears throat> that it's now, it's now one of the most expensive forms of fossil fuel because of all of that. <clears throat> and because it's expensive, and it's expensive and hard to transport, um, uh, the, the plants have been converting to natural gas. And the main reason mm-hmm. for that is because it costs less, especially with all this fracking going on. Um, our our, our um, uh, availability uh, for natural gas just skyrocketed, and it drove the price down. And even with and and basically, uh, so 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 users got off of coal, converted to um, natural gas, and in fact they did it. So much, and this is and this is something to remember. That everyone needs to remember. This was market driven. No one told them. The government and the EPA didn't put in regulations about coal fired plants until after the market had already switched and reduced about almost twenty percent of the of the pollution from their own plants. Mm-hmm. As a result of switching, mm-hmm. they switched for strictly the bottom line that it mm-hmm. costs less right and this is something that no one ever counters people like trump about when they go and say well we're going to bring back those coal jobs how <laughs> there's no market for it the epa didn't come along and reduce the market the epa just said well if you do have a coal-fired plant you have to adhere to these new regulations well, that happened after all these companies switched over to natural gas, which is much cleaner. As you said, the coal is the most polluting fossil fuel. Um, Absolutely. We should, just be leaving it, we should just be leaving coal in the ground because mm-hmm. all we're doing is taking out historical carbon that was put into the ground and putting it in the atmosphere, which is, going, which is, is a huge contributor to global warming and all the problems there. But, you know, this is market-driven. So there's no way they're going to be able to create new jobs in Mil- coal. Well, <laughs> well, he said millions of jobs, millions of high-paying jobs in coal, which, you know, as I did say earlier and, and, um, um, and for, you know, and I'm sure that you know and, and, and my listeners out there know that it doesn't take a rocket science to go into a, a, a coal mine and start digging for coal. Um, you know, so they're not going to be paying you, uh, $500,000 a year to go and to do that. You know what I mean? Because this was something that was done in yesteryear, you know, your grandfather, things like that. You know, so I need to take a break right here. But I, I, you know, when we come back, you know, I want to uh, uh, say again that, yes, we can rise. And I want to talk about a couple of the methodologies that we uh, that I feel that will be useful in assisting individuals in, in you know, in in rising 
from the contentiousness and the things that are, you know, things that are important to them because of the, the truth is, Brian, is that, you know, a lot of the people that voted for, uh, Donald Trump, they are having, you know, issues and there's, and they're, you know, some of them are legitimate issues. You know, we're taking away the racism, but I'm just saying, you know, that some of them, um, you know, are, are legitimate issues. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Let's get back to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning with me. Um, this is Teresa E. Keys with my guest, Brian W. Keys, uh, technology expert. Our topic today is Yes, We Can Rise. Before we went to break, I wanted to discuss with my guest um, some of the things that we can, um, uh, you know, implement that will, you know, help us to rise above what um, I feel th- that, some, you know, the negativity that has gripped our nation and it seems to be continuing to uh, grip our nation. As I had said in my um, show's um, uh, 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 description that, you know, I asked what are some of the methodologies to be given energy to in order that we as a nation can implement them so we can learn from our mistakes, giving way for this nation's populace to move forward in a positive manner. All right. Now, having... Uh, uh, written that, Brian. Of course, I thought about all of this before I even, uh, you know, wrote it and things. And, you know, I'm very much a proponent of education, as you know. All right. Cause next year, I'm going to be going to get my PhD. All right. So, um, I love education. Education is a beautiful thing. Um, so in, in order to get, you know, you have individuals who, um, you know, are Donald Trump followers. And let's let's take the coal miners, for example. You know, they 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 don't have a job. You know, they they have no other means um, of of uh, making uh, income, according to um, uh, some CBS reports and interviews that they had with the individuals who live in the coal mine um, uh, uh, areas. And um, the thing is, is that all these years they haven't done anything else to help themselves. For betterment. Now, maybe perhaps let's take it this way. They maybe they don't know how to help themselves and to make it things better for them. And this is where education um, uh, comes in. Now, education is a it, it is a big is a big thing. It's a big umbrella that that of discussion. And what I mean by education, instead of instead of going in and talking about, I'm going to you know uh, you know re um, open the, you know, the coal mines and you're going to make, you know, millions of jobs and, and da, 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 as, as you were saying earlier. And that's not going to happen because they had their heat. Okay. He's a, Donald Trump is a businessman. He should know if you, if there is not a market for service, then, then how is it supposed to be successful? So, um, I feel that, you know, instead of saying what he said, that, I think that it would have been more palatable for, for, you know, for the, um, um, candidates to, to speak to the individuals and tell them how we're going to help you to rise above that because we're no longer doing that. We're no longer riding around in buggies and, and horses. Okay. Uh, we no longer have, you know, trolley cars with the electricity running down the street. 
you know. Um, so, you know, the, that's because of, of involvement. You know, the, the human, human beings are going to evolve. And as I said before in one of my programs, one thing that my father said to us as we were coming along to please pay attention to the world, because if when you take your eye off of the world, you will fall behind. And then it's hard for you to catch up with what the world is doing. And I think that by offering them some form of education to um, educate them regarding the the uh, new sources of energy, I think that will be, you know, better than, than saying, OK, we're going to we're going to go back to doing something. You know, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not it's just not going to happen. So I just feel that one thing that education you know, it's a key, you know, educating the uneducated and re-educating the educated. I said that like years ago, um, uh, 20 years ago when I was, you know, in college and more. Now I'm hearing that people are saying that and it better not be because they were reading some of my papers. But um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. What do you think about what I've said so far, Brian? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, to, to, to key off of what you said before the break. You know, people in the Rust and Coal Belt do have a legitimate issue. They did lose jobs because the industries there closed down, moved to, you know, moved those jobs to cheaper um, labor uh, locations in the world. And here's the thing, though. That's not a bad thing, right? We want that to happen because there's no reason to have a job screwing a nut on a bolt, which is what you were saying. Just I always before. say it, yes, exactly. Right. So what you need to do, what these people need to do, is get an education, and they can get a much mm-hmm. better job or even be an entrepreneur and start their own business or do something to uplift their local economies in their area. There mm-hmm. are literally thousands of programs for free and reduced-cost training all over this country. And I'll give you an example, something you told me about, was in Surprise, Arizona, there's Communiversity. And I think mm-hmm. you told me the classes are like, like what, 25 bucks or 75 bucks? Well, it's 75, 75 to $80 in a credit hour. There you go. That's incredibly yeah. cheap to get an education that you can use. Now, mm-hmm. we need more vocational training programs, apprenticeship programs, companies finally realizing that the pool of labor is not out there. I think we just talked earlier that um, there are one million open positions in this country for IT workers, and there are almost six million open positions overall that people can, you know, companies and, and, you know, organizations cannot fill these positions because they don't have enough trained talent. But we got the people. Hell, even the manufacturing jobs require advanced training now. So even if they do create more manufacturing and bring manufacturing back to the United States, it's not going to be screwing a nut on a bolt. It's not exactly cool. You're not going to be screwing a nut on a bolt. You're not going to be wearing your coveralls, carrying your lunch pail with the whistle blow, telling you it's time to start work, lunchtime, punching your card in in a clock. That that those those things just are not coming uh, back. Now, believe it or not, I'm I'm running out of time. I think I have about um, three minutes. So, um, 
you know, I, you know, I, I think that people uh, also need to be held accountable, accountable for their own lives as well. Okay, so years that the, the plants have been shut down in these areas for years, and you're still just just sitting there not doing anything. And and as you said, that people that people do not know. See, here's the whole thing. A lot of people. In, in their defense, just do not know about the programs and things. And this is why I have my program so that people that are listening to me, you know, I'm educating them that you can go to community and community classes are online through real Salado Community College, which is a fantastic college. And you can go to community all the way up and get your master's degree. OK, so now I've said it for all of you all who are here in um, um, Arizona and are listening to me. There's a campus in Santan Village and there's a campus in Surprise, Arizona. So you can't say that you don't know if you this is something that you're interested in and you want to, um, you know, expand your, you know, your 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 horizons and your knowledge and you want a, a you know a better life for you and your families. And I think that um, have you know going back on what going back on what I um um you know, just to say it, um, uh, I think that, you know, they should go to these areas and and um, and and, uh, and uh, tell these people, you know, that, you know, about the varying programs and things, you know, and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I got I about agree. I got about two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to agree on what you're saying about people don't take responsibility for their own lives. You know, it's like. A lot of the same group of people are angry about government spending, and they don't want big government, and they talk about all that, but then they're just sitting there waiting for the government to give them a job. It's like, get out there. There are lots of programs out there. You know, there's lots of opportunity, and just make it happen. But you got to stop expecting someone else to do it for you, and be blunt, stop being lazy. Get up off your butt and go and do it. And, and and I'm not saying people are lazy, but you know it's 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 lazy in a sense. It's like mental laziness. They don't want to learn mm-hmm. something new. Mm-hmm. You know, so exactly. They hard. They'll work hard in their job, but you know they don't want to sit down and go to school and learn something else. And that's that's a major failing in this country. Is that, really is, need to pull people up. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And that's an, and that's another, you know, subject. And, and this is why it's so important that we, uh, again, bring vocational high schools, um, in, into this country because everybody do not want to go to college. But the thing about, uh, vocational high schools is that when you graduate, you have a trade so that you can, you know, be sustainable human being, um, in your life. So, I, I'm running, I have ran out of time. Thank you very much, Brian, for taking your time to be on my show today. Here's Teresa. I wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. I wish you a fun, filled, loving, great, lots of eating, lots of laughter, Thanksgiving celebration. I will be broadcasting again on the greattalkzone.com internet radio on December 15th. And I want you to be kind to yourself and others. This is Teresa E. Keeves.